Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah, and it is a pleasure to welcome you to my chair. In all four Gospels are recorded in numerous occasions when Jesus said, follow me. Jesus invites his followers to spend time with him, to learn from him, and to follow his ways. That's the journey we'll be taking together through this Lenten season. I'm so glad you've joined me. Today for Holy Week, let's remember the final meal Jesus shared with his followers. We call it the Last Supper. For them, it was the Passover meal, an annual celebration that God commanded to his people when he sent the final plague on Egypt. Remember that story? God sent death to the firstborn of every family, but he passed over those homes whose doorways had been painted with the blood of an unblemished lamb. The Israelites' final meal as slaves was unleavened bread and the meat of those slain lambs. And the next day, God led his people out of slavery and toward the promised land. So Jesus sits down with his disciples in an upper room to remember this story and to institute a new meal of remembrance. All four Gospels record this final meal. Matthew, Mark, and Luke each have Jesus' words as he breaks the bread and passes the wine. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So the bread and the cup we're remembering. John, however, gives us far more details about what Jesus did and said during that final meal. So let's do a quick review. Here's what happens in the upper room. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. He gives them this instruction. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then Jesus goes on to reveal the final two of the seven I am statements. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. And Jesus reminds his disciples that the road they will walk will not be easy. He says to them, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. But then Praise God, he doesn't leave them wondering how they will deal with it being hard, how they will deal with being hated, because he also speaks to them about the Spirit who will come to them. And he says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And then... Jesus prays. Perhaps one of the greatest gifts that John gave us in his gospel is chapter 17, Jesus speaking to God the Father. Just imagine sitting in that room with Jesus, the Son of God, and hearing him speak to God the Father. I don't think Jesus had to say these words out loud. He didn't have to say them within hearing of his disciples, but he did. And that means he wanted us to hear them. And so Jesus prays for his disciples, he prays for himself, and he even prays for us. Guys, I am undone every time I read these words. So this is John 17, verses 20 to 23. Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, meaning the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you and me. Through their word, through John's word, we are believing Jesus. And Jesus goes on to pray, I pray, I ask that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed for the church that we would be built on his name and for those for all of those who would believe in him as savior and lord that we would be built up together as his church. He prayed that we would be unified in his name so that we would put his glory on display. And why is that a big deal? Because he says that's how. He says it twice. That's how the world will know that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So as we remember and savor the great work of Jesus Christ for our individual salvation, let's also remember the purpose to which he has called us, to love him and to love one another so that we may be filled with his light, his glory, his transforming power, all so that somehow others will see, will know, and will come to trust in him as their savior, Lord, and friend. Almighty God, who through your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that I, who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection, may be raised from the dead of sin by your life-giving spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And grant that we, changed by grace, would be united in purpose, united in hope, united in love, so that the broken and weary would see your power at work in us and would come to salvation. In this we pray, amen. Thank you for joining me in my chair today. If you'd like to share something with me about your own Lenten journey, you can find me at Sarah, with an H, at whoisgrace.com. If you've been encouraged, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And for more resources from Grace Church, visit whoisgrace.com forward slash read.